When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. HBO shows are still over, but we're just getting started celebrating them all here on Post Show Recaps. It's the 2023 In Review podcast series. We're all month long. Post Show Recaps is looking back one last time at some of the very best shows, perhaps networks, themes of the year. You can check out our full series by subscribing at postshowrecaps.com slash 2023 In Review. My name is Grace Leader, and today we're talking about as many HBO shows as we want and the impact they have on tv this year of course i'm not alone i'm joined by my sunday night companion jess sterling and jason reed jason i'll start with you how are you doing i'm doing good grace i'm happy to be here talking about hbo back in i remember hbo back in the day where i had to put like put my thumb on the last button right before you oh. before your, your oh, parents yes. come in and change a channel that's 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 how old i am back from back in the day so i'm a veteran of hbo so i'm happy to be here talking to you guys about it yeah, the last button came in. The only thing was like uh, when we had TVs that would be like warm when your parents would come in and they could tell uh-huh. that the, the TV had been on. Yeah. Jess, how are you doing? Uh, I'm so excited to be here as well. I'm a straight up HB ho. I love Whoa. HBO and uh-huh. most most of the shows that they have. Uh, so I'm really excited to chat about what we watched this year. Yeah, me too. Um, I think HBO is, you know, this is the only uh, year in review pod that we're doing that's based on a a network in particular. Um, And I think it's because they've, they, you know, well, what's interesting is that halfway through the year, I would have said like HBO, they know what they're doing. They're the only show that is able to like Mm -hmm. keep their shows in the zeitgeist. People talk about them. You get Twitter days, uh, x days where people will just talk about the show sunday morning all the way through the night and then they kind of just didn't do anything in the back half of 2023 which maybe i don't know we could talk about the reasons why that happened but i feel like from the run of like mid of last year in 2022 until like the halfway point of 2023 hbo show was it it was like they were putting out hit after hit after hit after hit after hit after hit and then the idol and then a hit Etc. Etc. Yeah, I agree. It feels we were talking pre-pod about this of like we had White Lotus and then uh, and then uh, whatever. What was the back half of twenty twenty two? I think I I think you get like Euphoria, then House of the Dragon, White Lotus, The Last of Us, Succession, all basically like pretty much back. Yeah, Yeah. pretty much in a row. And I would even say like when you know in talking about other large streaming platforms that kind of hit a similar stride, I would maybe throw Apple TV in there although i don't know that they have uh to use a sports analogy uh quite the batting average that hbo does i, I prefer basketball they're... analogies just. oh do you, so... you retake that line and say a slam yes. dunk um <clears throat> h or uh, apple tv doesn't quite slam dunk things nice. the way Perfect. hbo does <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> thank you i'm so good at sports um, i mean w- but... <laughs> would it be fair to, would it be fair to say that hbo was bringing back the, the term of water cooler conversation in oh. a way 
where you know it's Sunday night and you come back to work on Monday and you talk about what you watched on Sunday night yeah. HBO, you know, program. I feel like Game of Thrones really was like a big one. Obviously, that is long over it at this point, but I really think that really endeared people to HBO to the point where they signed up just for Game of Thrones and then kind of explored other things that were on. And certainly HBO, because they have appointment television Sunday nights, that's their night. That is the night that you're going to watch. You're going to sit down on your couch, get your popcorn and turn on HBO and watch what's on. Um, but to your point, Grace, like the back half of the year really hasn't been that way. And I don't obviously I think that you could kind of blame it on the strikes. But at this at that point, like their fall uh, schedule would have already been in place. Um, so beyond the Gilded Age, Jason, what you're talking about currently, yep. there isn't a ton going on 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 HBO, uh, barring what's coming in the in the near future in, in True Detective. True Detective is coming. Curb Your Enthusiasm just got announced that um, its final season, which will air in February, is going to be its last. Um, so, yeah, I think that there is some stuff that they have on the calendar that I think um, can sort of like reinvigorate the the network. I, again, I don't I don't know how much the strike would have um, impacted it or whether or not. Like we know that a lot of movies got pushed. I don't necessarily know how much TV um, got pushed. It did feel like we joked here at post your recaps about like oh we're gonna have nothing to cover and it felt like we were continually busy the whole back half of of the year basically so i don't know how true it is that like the strike has delayed i because basically anything that would have been made by the time they went into strike could still air it's more about were they spacing out the content for the eventual sort of uh rut that they will find themselves in because the strike went on for so long um We'll chat about more just before we dive into it further. Uh, make sure to fill out uh, the top 10 TV shows of the list poll. Um, we'll be revealing those um, as voted on by the audience of Post Show Recaps. So make sure your voice is heard. Head over to postrecaps.com slash best of 2023 to cast your vote. I believe you can also type in 2023 uh, survey, I believe. Um, and on Friday, December 29th, uh, you'll be able to hear uh, what made the list and which topped the charts. Yeah, I can't um, imagine. Uh, I, I have to imagine a couple of different HBO shows are going to be appearing on the charts, uh, both in the top 10 and the worst show of the year, uh, mm. right in category. <laughs> <laughs> idol, idol, idol. Hey. Idol, idol. Hey. Errol and I covered that show. That I was, did too, Grace, yeah. remember? <laughs> I'm so sorry, Grace. I'm so sorry. There was a couple of weeks where, like, Ariel and I, I think, had to miss the pod, and we kept having, like, Ariel would join by somebody else, and Jesse It was always and me, like, because yeah. no one else was watching the show. Yeah, it's my favorite where we like accidentally got you to watch the idol. Um, Jason, one thing I'm like, I am interested because before we, we touch, and I, I don't mean to do this to like ruin your street cred oh, in terms of like oh, the no. shows you have watched. I know, but I believe you, you, the, you watched a lot of, of the HBO shows that you covered. The other piece too is that like we are talking about HBO, there is also Max, like there's probably some Max shows we, we might have watched uh, uh, collectively, but, um, what was your like these are i'm actually intrigued because i feel like i'm like yeah i was like with hbo basically all those shows i listened house of the dragon last of us succession the white lotus i was watching those each weekly um i'm interested of like almost like I mean, dr mana came on our succession pod it was like i think we should actually try to like figure out like if people didn't like it why didn't they like it and i don't mean to imply that you wouldn't like any of these shows i think a lot of them would be your but but is it even i guess my point is like is it is it just a small bubble of us who are like HBO Sunday night watchers and like there's so many other people who are who are not? Like, why didn't you I guess my question is like you didn't hop on board with some of these shows, at least not yet. 
Yeah, I'll say I'm not a I'm not a typical appointments TV viewer, like especially right now, whereas I am more of a I'm more likely to be watching football Sunday night than some, some of these shows. And I don't know what it is because I think of the shows listed, uh, we have Succession, White Lotus. These are those are two shows that I never just got into and never mm-hmm. nothing ever tickled my fancy about those shows if you will but honestly through watching uh the gilded age and we can talk a little bit about how i be like <laughs> i got on the gilded age podcast in the first place i was I'm almost so dragged yeah. i was almost dragged into it <laughs> i was like i was like you know maybe i should give some other shows a chance like i walked in the gilded age like i've never watched any of these type of shows what what is this gonna be and i ended up really really enjoying it so you know maybe i should jump on the succession i mean i know too late for you know new episodes of that but oh it's never too late to watch succession it never is too late yeah it it just never those type of shows never really caught my fancy but maybe i I, maybe i should open my horizons more and and give them a shot well i think one of the things i'm like want to point to as well is like i do like succession was obviously a tremendous success and i think that the last season we we did a podcast on this i won't i won't go into this too much in the context of hbo and the, the greater television watching universe jess I know Succession is like incredibly revered. I do think the last season did pretty good numbers wise. But then when you like, I did a quiz for my work this week and I asked what was the most watched show of 2023 could have been anything, whether or not that had new episodes. And the top answer is Yellowstone, um, which only aired one new episode in 2023. Uh, There are shows that we will probably never ever in our like cover on post show recaps that are the most watched television shows. Mm -hmm. I joke a lot about like Chicago fire, but the part of reason that's funny is that like keeps being on. Um, There's like young Sheldon is a show that I think like a lot of us would like baby, but like Bach at the idea of watching, but my mom loves young Sheldon. (laughs) It's a super popular show. Yeah. I've been asked for an NCIS podcast on Post Recaps forever. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> NCIS, yeah. NCIS and its spinoffs are probably one of the most popular shows. Yeah. It's anywhere. the procedurals, right? Like, yeah. it's a reliable format, and I think people can kind of get on board with that very easily. I also think there is something to HBO being known as, like, a prestige kind of television network, in a sense, of... When I was a kid, we didn't have HBO. That was like an add-on. That was the rich people had HBO. You know, we were the people who was like, we just got Nickelodeon. (laughs) We were not (laughs) at the HBO level. So to me, like, I don't know if that still is a thing where now, I guess in the day of like, no one really has cable anymore. Most people are getting streamers and they're getting them all individually. Maybe HBO is viewed as just another streamer that you can add on, but it always had this kind of like prestige, right? This like, it's HBO, not TV, um, is how it was treated. And so I'm wondering if like that also is why, uh, to your point, Grace, it's not necessarily like the general population isn't always tuning in to those shows that are on HBO. Well, it's like that that stat that I'll see everyone about where it's like when Twitter was actually being run well, um, and then and people were actually on and using the platform and there and it wasn't um accessible. Um, and I'm still on there, by the way. I'll just preface that. I'm I'm in the cesspool, like jumped in. But um it'd be like, yeah, you know, like two percent of the world is on Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, interesting. Cause it felt like it would like drive I'm like, oh, that thing's popular because people talk about it on Twitter. It's like, yeah, no, no, like much of the world is not on Twitter, you know. Um, but like, I mean, like eighty yeah. percent of it now is just is bots. So, you know. sure. but yeah, these are the number one shows. So I'm gonna exclude football, which does make up three of the top tens. It's Yellowstone, NCIS, Jason, mm. FBI, a show on CBS. I did not know existed. I didn't. I've never heard of that show. 
Young yeah, Sheldon. I'm aware of it, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chicago Fire, Blue Buds, and Ghosts. And then, uh, you know, if you want to. So that, in, those are either yeah. what procedurals or sitcoms. It's kind of what I'm hearing. Although Ghosts, Ghosts is good. I've checked out Ghosts. I yeah. like Ghosts. So. And I feel like that's a really a CBS slash NBC makeup there of all of the yeah. shows you listed. I think CBS yeah. Paramount, is also known. Paramount yeah, it's also known one, as like yeah, the no. the old people network is yeah. CBS, which is all the Blue Bloods, NCIS, all the like. I like to watch cops shoot things and people that's right. like that's pretty much yeah. the, the, the makeup, the majority of that. And, and then that doesn't take into account like Netflix has just announced as part of the agreement that they made that they'll release viewing hours, which is kind of makes no sense. Like if a million people watch your first episode and then turn it off, that means nothing like you get, yeah, you got a million hours uh, of people watching, but it's actually like, that's a pointless stat. So uh, they're giving us some transparency, but not, but not much. Um, but yeah, I do think HBO, I do think like on, I think in our little circle, we're like HBO has the best shows, the best, you know, to a degree. Um, but I do think that that is, there is the potential that that is a slightly pretentious view. Of the modern television <laughs> certainly, landscape. certainly uh-huh. it is. Yeah, I would say I think I do think like most common folks aren't necessarily like uh, salivating at succession and some of these other shows like uh, our little our little corner of the world is. I think those people watching, you know, NCIS and Blue Bloods were watching Succession or White Lotus like, oh, there's too much nudity and cursing in that. I don't, I don't think I can yeah. deal with that. To be fair, yeah. Succession, and I have tried the amount of times I have attempted to pitch my family to watch Succession. Uh, the limit does not exist at this point. I'm, I'm talking at walls, but I've tried. Uh, it's not like there's really no nudity, certainly plenty of cursing in succession, Mm. but what gets them is like the, like, Oh, why would I want to watch that? It seems like the worst people in the world, like a big group of them. And it's like, well, yeah, but there's so much more. It's really hard to pitch when you only see like a small trailer for it. Like, am I big business? Am I going to understand everything that's going on in terms of the business side of things? Absolutely not. But it's the characters that, that matter, which is what I would say is uh something that is done well across most of these hbo shows is the character development whether you're talking the last of us or whether you're talking succession they have really good character development and you know that they're at least the other thing the other thing we have to talk about is hbo like only ever having like 10 episodes a season maximum and how like they kind of started that hbo maximum yeah. Well, so before we we get too far oh, from you yeah. saying you saying big news, I just I just have been sitting on a joke and I've been waiting for a moment to jump yeah, in. Yeah, please do. Is, I okay. We're gonna reset and pretend you said it's so weird. My my can't get my cousin Big Business Bill to watch Succession. Even like it's about big business. And then he burns through this big cigar. Anyway, um, all right, that's it. Um, no, but uh, the short. I mean, I mean, it is HBO does create like awards darlings uh, to degree, and and I think it, actually a really a good way to look at how much HBO internally maybe even doesn't value the name HBO is that this year in May, they renamed their streaming service from HBO max to max. Jason, they just were like, nah, people, people will not like it. If we tell them the name of the streaming service we're signing up for, but how will we call it max instead of HBO max? Yeah, we don't want people to think they're watching anything HBO. Related. <laughs> Why would we want that? Like that just goes to show you how the, the what they think of HBO and like the kind of, the transition from the HBO to the HBO Max to the Max seemingly is 
they've decided Max is a destination for everyone. You have so much content you can watch. It's not just HBO, which is your uh, snobby, uh, pretentious programming. It's uh, DIY shows. It's HGTV. It's 90 Day Fiance. So just to, just to see the kind of integration from go from that that kind of niche uh, prestige world to this is for everyone type of environment is very interesting to see. I think. Honestly, I think it's probably in the in the long term a good move for HBO Max. I think, but I think for people like us that watch HBO, are like, why are you you know trying I to distance yourself from the HBO name? Yeah. I hate it for so many reasons. Like to your point, Jason, it feels very much like I'm not prestige. I'm a cool mom. You know, it yeah. feels very that. And on top of that, the fact that they changed their coloration of the app and everything from purple, which stands out and is also my favorite color, to blue, which like everything in the mother has. Like Everything is blue. Paramount. Want- <laughs> Everyone's blue. Stop it. Stop it, HBO. I big literally blues, at my Roku. Big blue's fault. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at my Roku fault. screens, like you know, app structure today. I was like, why is everything so freaking blue? I I swear, I, I click on the wrong app all the time because they're all freaking. Blue. There literally blue. must be some one marketing, marketing company who's just like it's calming. It will make like yeah. it, it lures people in. It's blue like the ocean. Yeah. Um, to be fair, Jason, there are a lot of people who they, you know, there is a big market, I think, that could get HBO, uh, sorry, should, could get Max. Uh, that's because they lost about two and a half million subscribers over a six month period who they could try to get back after they lost them. They are potential subscribers. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think, um, I, I think I kind of agree with you. The one thing I always got really confused on was when a show, would be like released as an HBO Max original and like like didn't air on HBO but was then on Max. Mm-hmm. Like I can understand that that's a, like a Max original versus like an HBO original versus a Max original does I guess make some sense to, instead of you'd have an HBO show and then an HBO Max original. Like I believe the other two didn't air on television. It only was on it was only on Max, um, which is also in the conversation, I think, this year for one of the, the better shows, a little bit of an underrated show. So I do, I do to a degree, understand the branding because I did think the like idea of the network and then naming the, and then the streaming service thing. But it, but it does feel like, I, yeah, but I, I think it shows our bias a little bit that we're like, they took out the most prestigious part, but clearly somebody told them internally. Like, that's you think not the f- most prestigious part. Do you think it'd be fair to say the HBO part of HBO Max caters to a certain demographic, like a late 20s to late 40s? A millennial. Right, a millennial. Mm-hmm. And then Max, I mean, what would you rather have? An acronym or a Max? Sound like a someone that's like a cool dude that you want to hang out with. Like you, you want to hang out with Max. It's very <laughs> punnable. You said earlier, you said like they went from HBO to, to the to the Max. I was like, oh, that's yeah. really good branding. To the Max, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So I think I would have liked it better if they just left the purple color again. It's just the blue blends in with like literally everything else that's blue. What are we doing yeah. here? Can you all can you guys foresee a future where HBO is just we just don't utter the words HBO anymore? Like how long is that gonna take? I feel uh, like I will die saying HBO and my grandkids will be like, uh, Granny, it's Max, and I'll be like, No, children, back in my day, it was HBO. Listen, I'm already over because in Canada, like we never had HBO. We have Crave, which then you get, but then you have to get Crave plus HBO. So it's like it doesn't matter to me anyway. <laughs> so HBO is actually being introduced into your like, economy at this point. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So you take it away from us. You're just get, yeah. now getting it. Yeah. Okay. Do, okay. Here's one thing I would like because I think uh, the Gilded Age is a show that 
I think Downton Abbey was I okay. How would you? Because I, I I've only seen the first couple of seasons. Think of Downton Abbey, and I've seen the movies. Uh, one time I went to a movie at like two p.m. and I was the youngest person in the movie theater by like I think like fifty years. It was quite impressive. Yeah, it was very fun. Um, Downton Abbey, I would not stay. Is like prestige. There's this like soap opera. It's kind of like a mix of the two i think of like prestige tv with like sort of a classic like network drama i think it kind of like was in between in a way that like when i think about people who liked down nabby it was like older adults but then also yeah it did have this like millennial like research there's a lot of people i know in our networks uh who have watched down nabby and really enjoyed it and so then they announced the gilded age by the same uh uh showrunner and so it it comes along is this an an effort like you've been watching the season i have not been watching i fell off uh, Gilded Age about halfway through season one um, and it's not that I was completely hating it I just felt like there's so much TV to watch so I was like I got mm. I got other stuff I can check out but you said you've kind of like you've fallen for it you kind of yeah. you kind of love it yeah because because it's mess right like right. I love mess I love reality TV mess I love mess mess and Gilded Age is is the is mess that they want you to believe is high stakes but it's really the lowest stakes you can imagine it's all about rich people doing rich people things there was literally the the main crux of the season is an opera war like who's gonna get who's gonna have the better opera opening so it's right. and they really ratcheted up to make it high stakes but but it's really not it's about rich people doing rich people stuff and you know i think that one of the common criticisms of gilded age is one of those you know if you ever saw south park it's like you know doubt nabby did it better it's like is right. is really that kind of crux of that argument there that they're really just kind of cribbing off of down abbey uh, but i i just enjoy the the drama the mess uh that's what i come to the shows for so you know for me that's really what draws me into what gilded age is i came into this thinking like this might i never watched downton abbey because i like looked at it and was like that just seems really boring to me but then mm -hmm. i I come into gilded age I'm like oh no these people are like messy and i love it so that's really what drew me into what the gilded age was uh, at the end of the day yeah jess um we've talked about succession on uh like you and i with dr amanda on this year in review podcast i've done a last of us uh a recap with uh mike bloom and zed but do you have any show that's sort of like I mean, you can say succession and talk more about succession, but I'm also going to give you the door that's up. But I know that you know, like this probably will make you go rewatch succession, even though I know you're already in the middle of rewatching succession. <laughs> Start um, over again. Yeah. But do you have any HBO highlights like from the from the years or anything that stands out uh, for you in particular? Gosh, I mean, one thing that I, we haven't talked a ton about on Pusha recaps um, is uh, the Righteous Gemstones. Yeah. That Ooh, show. Yeah is incredible i watched it for the first time this year i'd never seen it and so i i binged it ahead of it it coming back it is so funny like the thing is a lot hbo is known for its its dramas i would say more so than for its comedies but it is so funny and i i mean obviously i just think it's it's such a you have to be in the right mental headspace, I think, to watch it because some things are really upsetting. And as is the case on a lot of HBO shows, it's like these people all suck and I hate them all. Um, but I, it definitely stands out as something that was a really good show this year that hasn't been talked about a ton. Um, Jason, I'm assuming by your reaction, you've seen it. You know, and you said Righteous Gemstones. I like I totally forgot that was an HBO Max show. I was just like, oh, yes, Righteous Gemstones, a hundred thousand yeah. percent. And it's like you said, Jess, it's one of those shows where you love to hate these people, but then they really turn it around on you and make these people 
you know, they, they give them human emotions that really makes you feel for them while hating them, which is what I think what some of the greatest shows that have ever like premiered can do for you. And that is what mm-hmm. Righteous Jumps does, especially this season where they really delved a lot deeper into these characters and who they were while also being uproariously vulgar and funny and really, like you said, just taking it over the top a lot, but in a just delightful way that's like, I can't believe I'm laughing at this. But I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that Righteous Gemstones for me is one of the one of the. But now that I remember that it's HBO show, one of the the, the oh my gosh, uh, one of the gems for me of this TV season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have. I think um, HBO actually like underratedly does does comedy pretty well. I know a lot of people like Somebody Somewhere. Um, the rehearsal is last year. It's coming yeah. back. Obviously, they developed Curb. Um, I think uh, Barry, mm-hmm. uh, although I'd put that much more in the like comedy drama um, bucket. Yeah, I think I it was comedy more at the beginning and then it leaned more <clears throat> drama towards the end, which I, I do think Barry is one of those shows that was, I mean, we we podcasted a bit here on Pusher Recaps, but certainly one of the like a really interesting shows. And Grace, I think something that also goes along with, in, in my opinion, at least HBO, or at least they started it is maybe what I would say is. Um, having a show kind of change and develop along the way, almost, you know, changing genres. I would definitely say Barry started out as a comedy. And then even towards the end, it's not just 30 minutes. That's the other great thing about not just HBO, but other streaming services is they really, it's like, we do what we want in terms of how long our episodes are going to be. We'll give you a 30 minute episode. We'll give you a 55 minute episode and you're going to be happy about it. And I I will say somebody... Somebody who does love routine. I've been watching Fargo, and I'm like, ooh, a comer- like a, like a definitive commercial break, and like you know, this episode is absolutely going to be 42 minutes. I kind of love yeah, it. yeah. I'm like, everything comes full circle. Um, for me, the, the one thing I would love to highlight a bit HBO that I think is like also an underrated part of their uh, program offering is they develop really good like crime docu-series so i watched two of probably the best docu-series i watched in the last few years both came up from hbo this year telemarketers is super fascinating um sam lipton uh sorry lipman stern um began working for this telemarketing company where they would um their job was to call like kind of on behalf of these like police associations, which was essentially fully a scam where like most of the money would actually go to the telemarketing company. And then a small percentage of the money would go to these like police that aren't the police. Like it's not like you're actually donating to police. You're donating to like the, you know, Minneapolis police foundation, which is like, they say they would help um, uh, police officers who were like with their medical bills or whatever. And basically like, because they got no money, it was all just basically a scam. It's three episodes. It's produced by Benny Softy and, and Josh Softy and Danny McBride. Um, it's three episodes. It's super interesting because Sam, uh, Lipman Stern, like filmed all the stuff while he worked there, um, without ever thinking he would ever use it. And then just realized like years later, like, Oh, all that stuff was really shady. And like, it's really wild what they let us do. And so then they created a documentary. And then the other one, um, that I thought was really good is last call, which is about the serial killer who uh, stalked uh, queer New York men. Um, so like, yeah, they just put out these, like, I think actually like some really good content that like in the world where there's like so much to watch, it's like, Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I watched that earlier this year, you know? Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. There is something about HBO that I, I don't know why it it's so different than like your, your Netflix is, but there's something about when, HBO puts out something I feel like I'm a little more likely to check it out because it's it's more likely to be like gosh I, I maybe it's just because the word prestige sticks out where it's it's going to be that next level it's it's almost guaranteed to be good which uh certainly proven wrong this year with a show 
that we're probably going to talk a little bit about. But I, I just feel like I'm more likely to watch something if it's on HBO or Max or whatever because there is that level of like, I'm guaranteed it's at least probably not going to be horrible. Yeah, uh, I mean, we can, we can, I mean, it's a really good segue into it because I do agree. I do feel like, especially if something is like going in its second, like industry is a show that I've wanted to, I've been meaning to check out because like, I've heard good enough things about mm -hmm. it. And then it's like the fact that it's going to go into its thir third season. I'm like, God, if HBO is like sticking with it, it's probably good. As someone um, who's seen the first season, it's really good. You should watch it. Yeah. Um, but clearly, they had a gigantic miss this year, which comes in the form of giving Sam Levinson, who creates the absolutely, I think, phenomenal Euphoria, even if I think the second season is a downgrade to three. That is a show that has a season three tentatively on the horizon. It is part of HBO's current programming. They let him run wild with the idol. Jess, did you finish the whole show or did you just watch um, any episode we made you watch for the podcast? Uh, no, I did watch all of it i believe Ooh, i'm so sorry yes. um it was bad it was and it's funny because sometimes i watch so much television that i yeah. worry that i'm not able to tell good from bad anymore because i just love all tv um and then the idol happens and i'm reminded that like oh no i could tell when something's bad um it just it felt just so salacious for no reason it really like it's the it's the antithesis of succession in that it was like succession really never did nudity and i thought it was so interesting they talk about like sex and everything but they never actually show any of it and the idol was just like and here's a naked person and here's another naked person oh and now there's some choking and it was very much like we're just going to do everything that's awful and see what sticks it was not good it was actively bad and i think on top of the fact that we knew they were plagued with a lot of behind the scenes drama and bad things happening. I feel like we were going into it with like a negative mentality, but the show certainly it, it felt just underdone, uh, underperformed, just under everything. <laughs> well, as someone that my, whose experience with the idol was only seeing clips of bad acting and uh, Lily Rose Depp, naked for whatever reason uh honestly y'all kind of make me want to go back and watch it <laughs> it's so like, bad good luck it, it's so it, not, not even so bad it's good just so bad you just want to remind yourself what the bottom barrel basement of, of it TV reminds you what good tv is. is yeah for it's sure like, do i have covid let me eat something bitter to make sure i still have a sense of taste jason you're making such a good point because this is why i watch some of the reality tv i do like like i'm talking like your 90 day fiance is your married at first sights it's because at least Whoa. i know my Whoa. life doesn't look like their lives you know wow, it just take a shot across the bow <laughs> two shows that i cover quite frequently i mean I okay but we know those people like you're like at least my life isn't their life you know right, what i yeah. mean i i, I watch them that's shows watch to watch it. to watch how you don't do life that's, like, that's what i'm saying that's why you watch those shows yes watch I, I the idol agree. to watch why you don't watch other bad tv <laughs> yeah there you go for me i think that sam levinson is probably has a lot of really good ideas in terms of th there's some concepts in the first episode of the idol that i'm like oh that's very interesting apparently the the first episode of the idol is basically not his show it's basically um uh i can't remember the woman who was initially tasked with being the director and showrunner of the show and then sam idol or sam idol sam levinson came in and was like actually no i'm gonna redo this whole thing and then they reshot everything That's so his name now is sam idol just sam to make, just idol to make it, just to make him well, remember his failures your, your new last name yeah. is idol well because euphoria 
there's stuff in there about addiction that I actually think like a lot of the other show kind of gets like buoyed because of of the content that's dealing with is like uh, Zendaya's character, uh, like her performance and the content that is mm-hmm. written for her is so good that like I'm like kind of like, OK, I'll just shut my eyes during like this Nate and his dad scene uh, for like uh, all the other stuff because um, it's so good. And I think it's, it's so resonant and um like I've been like super emotional, like talking about Euphoria on this on on a podcast, and then he was sort of given free reign. It's like, yeah, well, you made the Euphoria, which is like insanely popular. Yeah, we'll give you something else, and then it was just like, oh, maybe not this topic uh, about like yeah, abusive relationships yeah. and toxic toxicity, and um, uh, I don't know if you need to be like the voice of femininity uh, on this thing. Uh, so it's like, yeah, I don't know. It didn't. It didn't. It did not work, which is unfortunate because there's like a lot of really good stuff. Jess, you and I, before the pod, were talking about uh, Divine Joy Randolph because she's in The Holdovers, um, uh, a movie that's out right now. And Divine Joy Randolph in The Idol is so fun. And <laughs> you're like, oh, maybe the yeah. show is fine to watch. And then it's like, oh, uh, no, everything well, else Well, because is you see the cast and you're like, oh, there are a couple of people that I'm like interested by, right? Like, oh, maybe I can get over X, Y, and Z. Rachel Snow, Troy Savon, Harry Neff. I'm like, this could be the fun. Weekend? Hank Zaria, The Weekend. How about you know, the, weekend? the Weekend? You love The Weekend? Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, uh, I was just, I had only had up, like, the HBO programming. I actually think, like, there's some really strong programming on Max, just in terms of, like, com- I mean, Our Flag Means Death. I know that they're covering rap shit mm-hmm. here. Peacemaker is uh, has been renewed. Isn't Sex Lives of College Girls? I believe that's Max, correct? Yeah, that's, rather than yeah, HBO. and that's really great coming too. next year. Hacks, yeah, just, and oh, just like is that good. is on the network. Uh, I don't Listen, know. and but, just like that, I will say, it's not, oh, is it great TV? No. However... As a sex, uh, sex in the city reboot, I certainly think it's like worth watching. If you're a huge fan of sex in the city, if you have a lot of nostalgia for that show, mm-hmm. I would say that like, it's certainly worth watching. And just like that, if, if not only to like revisit all your faves and then get like aggressively angry at some of the character decision-making, yeah. uh, it's a good show to watch. I would say. They've produced a show called Full Bloom. So how can we hate them? You know, <laughs> uh, uh, what else was going to point out? Uh, there's a, uh, they also created uh, one of our favorite shows here on Post Show Recaps, which is Raised by Wolves, even though it got canceled after two seasons. But yeah, Julia is a show I know people like. There's a lot of really good stuff on HBO. And I'm sure we can do this for every network and just be like, wow, look at all the Apple TV stuff that's out there. Mm-hmm. You know, look at all the Netflix stuff that's out there. But there is just something about, I think, like the land, the thing that HBO is holding together, which unfortunately I do, I, I, I've said this in a couple of podcasts, like I'm trying not to be so like when a show gets dropped in a binge and i'm like god this should be a weekly show like i'm trying not as much because i just like i feel like i'm fighting an uphill battle but it is i think the thing we kind of love about hbo is like ah you're you're kind of still at least in some parts of your network network programming trying to do the thing we love which is like let us have a space to talk about television you know instead of making it insanely hard by dropping like your show at once or splitting your season in half which is like Almost more annoying. <laughs> to never give the crown. Do that. So yeah. irritating. Yeah. Um, but also, I feel like uh, Jason, like we had complaints a little bit about like the what happened with Winning Time. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you bring up Winning Time. I think one of HBO's kind of uh, hidden wonders and hidden gems, if you will, not to bring up Righteous Gemstones again, but I really felt that Winning Time got really no buzz, no publicity. But I think it was one of the stronger, you know, outings that I saw on television this year for me with the way that they told story, the way that they, 
you know, told story about character in a way and really kind of showed, it really kind of told his history. Uh, we had our problems with the grace, but uh, more often than not, I found myself being really compelled by what was presented each week in, in that show. I, I said this when we were doing season one that I said, like, you and I are going to talk about the show each week. And then like months later, people are like, hey, did you see Winning Time? It's like really good. I binged it this weekend. I don't know that that happened. And then season two, I think, is very clearly a step down from season one. Not that it's bad. Season one is just so good. And then the other problem is that Winning Time does get plagued a little bit with being like, OK, you have to be shorter episodes. I think that like they completely changed their focus a little bit i think in like if i look back at it now like if they knew they were like on the bubble as they're like filming writing the season whatever there's so much more of a focus on like john c Riley's character um like certain there's it's a that is a show that like in season one i thought was an incredible ensemble cast and season two i'm basically like oh yeah i think this stuff on these people is good where's everybody else like where is like the kareem abdul jabara story and so i feel like they were like fully trying to just like hedge their bets and be like, well, maybe people really like John C. Riley. They'll renew our show. And it just didn't work. Well, season two was, was a blunder in, in a few different ways. I think they, they came into this show thinking they already had a season three greenlit um, before right. they even started anything else, which uh, <laughs> sorry to tell right. you, they didn't. So they got canceled right. in season two and was not able to tell a complete story. And then, like you said, Grace, it, it season two kind of turned into the magic show, um, you know, featuring, almost exclusively magic johnson which you know makes sense in a way but like you said season one was such a great ensemble piece that focused on so many characters and season two really got away from that yeah saying that i still think it did great things in it in its run including like one full almost a full episode focused on the larry burr character which was such a such a great uh acting performance by its by its actor and told a really great story in kind of a self-contained episode in a way yeah, I, I agree. I still think it was good. It's just like not as good. And you could clearly feel that they were like limitations on what they could actually they could yeah. actually do. Um, I don't really have many. I don't have any written down, but I was wondering if we could uh, game some superlatives. This is the thing we've been doing on the year um, mm. in review. I do. I It's hard for me to think how there's any other way in which this will go, but I shall ask it anyway. The best HBO show of 2023. I think this could include HBO or Max programming, but yeah. Boy, I, I think with the three of us, it's going to be hard to come up with a one consensus answer. Uh, no, I think, Jason, you're going to have a hard time agreeing with Jess's consensus answer. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. 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 I think undoubtedly Jess is going to say succession. I, I have to. It's in my yeah. contract for my life. Yeah. Let me just say, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm just going to tell you, I don't know how this affects the voting. And I don't, I don't feel like I should be doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway because I've already started my sentence, which I, it's incredible. There is an incredibly tight race in the in the thing. And I think people should know that your vote matters when you vote in this thing, because I, I just I don't know that it's a lock. The succession. So the best show. Listen, yeah. I, I, I love Succession more than I love most anything else. Um, I, I can also recognize that The Last of Us was absolutely incredible the best video game adaptation uh blasted uh um bella ramsey off into the sky uh and pedro pascal i guess for that matter as well he was already kind of known but still um jason i think you'd like it just to give a quick sh this is the because yeah. you've not watched right which one uh the last of us sorry no i saw last of us last of us you was fantastic us. yeah loved it okay. Yeah, there you go. yeah, it just feels like that. I understand why people would put that as their number one show because it's such an emotionally gut wrenching, like 
I don't know. It's it's incredible. And I can't, I will never say a bad word about The Last of Us. It's just that I felt like succession with its fourth and final season coming off of a season that wasn't as beloved as the first two. Um, it had an uphill battle, especially considering uh some stuff that happened with a particular actor in their real life that then affected affected the plot. Like it just it it feels like it was such an uphill battle for succession that I can't not want to give it my point, but I can still recognize the absolute incredible television series that is the last of us and say like, I'm so freaking stoked for a season two of that show. Like I cannot wait for that show. Can I tell you, there's a show on here on HBO programming that I don't think I, it definitely has not gotten a vote in our top 10. I don't think it will, but I think is an absolute delight. And it's maybe the best made show on HBO, which is last week tonight with John Oliver. I absolutely uh, yeah. love yeah. this show i am you know I, I think it's i feel like i feel a kinship because he's he's british and he's talking about american as like commonwealth countries I feel, especially canada um we i get so absorbed by american media so i listen to i listen to like pod save america for gosh like i i know it's happening in america like more probably than the reverse and i don't I, there's no reason why you should know what's happening in canada but i really do love last week tonight i think it's like such clever um like it it should be the most boring show on the planet no, it's so because it'll just be like it'll just be like so this week tax regulation you know in Montana and I'll be like oh fascinating like tell me more and it's just like <laughs> the, the things that they do I don't know if either of you are you are either of you aware of the aware of the New Zealand bird of the year controversy this year are you aware of this certainly not no, no okay no, I'm not so John Oliver discovered that there are is a major loophole in the New Zealand bird of the year competition in is the loophole is anybody in the world can vote for the New Zealand bird of the year and so he publicly <laughs> backed a bird he wore a costume of that bird on uh, Jimmy Fallon's <laughs> show. He publicly backed this one specific bird. I'll try and uh, find it as I'm talking here. Um, and then got the country to vote for the bird and then also like raised a bunch of money for like bird uh, protection, right? Like, uh, yeah, um, but uh, some New Zealanders were very upset that he was backing um, the bird, which is called, I uh, can't see, let's see if I can find it. Uh, the Puteki. Teki, I think his name, Puteki Teki, I think is how you pronounce the bird. Um, and so, uh, yeah, uh, he's just amazing and really funny. And I just want to shout out, like, he's not, I don't think he'll get votes on like the top 10 shows of the year, but it's such a well done show that I feel like he's like doing good for the world. And I just think it's funny and hilarious and it's so unique. So I just want to highlight last now, week tonight with John Oliver. I, I'm really not an avid uh, John Oliver viewer. My wife yeah. is more of a John Oliver viewer, but I did walk in on her watching it one day. Yeah. And they were talking about train derailments and they were comparing that yeah. to like a Thomas the Tank Engine story. Yeah. That was so <laughs> disturbing. And it really, it really got me. So yeah. I, I would definitely, I would definitely put John Oliver in, the, in there for contention. Also, something we haven't talked about, and I'm not even sure if it was this year or not, but I randomly, I heard about this, this show and I randomly watched one, the first episode and loved it. It had been mean to go back and watch more. But how to with John Wilson. Oh, yes. Is one of the weirdest, like, yeah, but fun and, and odd shows I think I've seen in a while. And I really mean to go back to watch more of it because it was so quirky and unique. I think it's, it's really a, a show that if those, if people haven't checked it out, really need to just, just if you like a, what would you compare it to, Grace? Like, if you like a rehearsal type of thing, yeah. I think, I think he, maybe Nathan Filters is involved in that show. He is. He's the executive producer um, of the show. I think he kind of found and and yeah, got his show uh, uh, up and running. 
the how to the the title of the episode is always like how to make small talk how to find mm-hmm. a public restroom and then he just goes around new york city and just films sort of the absurdity of the city normally and yeah. of people and he finds these weird people who are willing to talk to him and the my favorite thing about the show is he'll he'll when he he like basically narrates the whole thing so it's clearly like written and then he narrates it and sometimes he'll be like you know he'll have this like thing that he's saying and he'll find the perfect piece of b-roll footage that'll just be like you know and sometimes you feel like you're a little lost and it's like somebody who like loses their bet like a paper bag or like a piece of paper like like is flying in the wind or whatever it's just like he find he's he's such a genius i think in terms of like this is such a unique way of storytelling but it's very awkward a la like nathan fielder but if you are if you're a fan of nathan fielder stuff i think that the one thing is that like he he's so removed from the show he's like behind the camera most although he he makes himself a part of it, but you still know he's like a. Fo- anyway, it's very interesting. It's very good. It's absolutely worth checking out. That's a great shout out. Yeah. yeah. But as far as my show of the year, I, th- I think, I think would have to give The Last of Us because yeah. in that one season of television, you had so many great individual stories, like the Nick Offerman and uh, what was the other actor in that? Uh, Nick Offerman and oh, uh, Murray Bartlett. Murray Bartlett, yeah. um, who actually, you know, I checked out in uh, the, the Chippendales uh, oh, yeah. show I did with Sarah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that sh- that episode, the one with Storm Reed and, and Bella Ramsey's characters, yeah, off the charts. The way that they can tell the story set in this universe, but tell stories that are also like not even about any of the uh, fungi or whatever the hell they are, um, is it, so fantastic. Major Pascal wasn't that much of a fun guy. I mean, he was fine. He was right. <laughs> yeah. Very good, Grace. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> Just the way they story told those specific stories yeah. in this kind of uh, dystopian uh, landscape was really, I think, a marvel of, of television in a way. So yeah. I would definitely give it to Last of Us. I think uh, not having seen those successions or White very Lances, fair. I won't get mad at anybody who's like the Last of Us is is the best show of the year because you know it's great, you know, and I ha- I ha- I just legally contractually. In my heart and my gut and every orifice of my being, I have to shout about Succession at least yeah. a few times a day. Close second is Righteous Gemstones for me because I really think it was a great yeah. season of television. It was real. It was a really great season of that show for sure. Like, and that wasn't even what was it, the third season? third season, yeah. and it, it left off and it, it almost is a perfect series finale. But I think we are getting a season four. But just mm-hmm. a, in ways of wrapping up seasons of television, which the Righteous Gemstones does, I think better than any other show out there. Each season wraps up, and it could have been the series finale, and you would have been satisfied. Season three is probably the the best example of that um, that they could have done so i i think a close second is right ship sounds for me all right i liked it you were like oh i need to watch more of how to with john wilson is there any maybe the superlative is like the hbo show i know i need to watch but i haven't watched Ooh, interesting i think white lotus is up there for me it's um, real good i think i think if reality tv show fans if you're a survivor fan which you know you are just like yeah. it, there's mike white's like survivor experience so like you can feel it when you're watching the show like once he's like oh yeah like this is heavily influenced by my time on survivor you're like oh yeah i see that in the show um so i think it'd be very interesting to for you to watch it knowing that that uh like with that with that it's definitely it's definitely on the list for sure 
For me, if I'm picking something that was that aired this year, I'll go with somebody somewhere just because I've heard so many people talk about how wonderful it is. And it's always been on my list. I just haven't. It's there's never been like a reason for me to check it out, if that makes sense. Uh, uh, more recently, I will say something that I have been watching and actively loving is True Detective, which is not news for like literally anybody. Everyone's like, girl, you're like eight years old. At Can this I point, just ask how far are you into your watch? I finished season one. And yeah. I just started season two and season yeah, one. That's about right for your optimism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know it sucks. I know it's going to suck, but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Listen, it's one of those shows where I watched and I was like, Matthew McConaughey actually is like a great actor, huh? Like yeah. not that he's not that it was ever in doubt, but I love him in how to lose a guy in 10 days. This is not exactly like the most, <laughs> it's like a silly rom-com, but he's yeah. really good in it. Uh, so yeah, True Detective and somebody somewhere if I'm picking something uh, from this year. I, I want to give a shout out to Scavengers Reign because I've heard really great things about that show. I just yeah. haven't been able to check yeah. it out at all. Um, so I keep hearing it's great. So I think I'll also put that on my list of, of must watches pretty soon. I think it's a really, um, it's not a show that everybody's heard of, uh, but I keep hearing really great things about it. I've heard really good things, notably from, I believe, uh, I don't want to blow up his spot here, but I think I believe Josh Wiggler was a big fan. Damn Philly is a fan, too. Uh, Josh Wiggler specifically was like, can you tell me on the list like how many votes Scavengers Reign had? And I was like, yeah, I can, but like I don't think it's going to be very high. You're not going to be happy about it. <laughs> yeah, I felt bad, but yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of stuff that came out this year that I have not watched. because I feel like there's a lot of HBO programming that just in the interest of like, how much TV I watch anyway that I have not watched. Um, yeah. like I've not watched Sex Lives of College Girls. I've not watched Hacks. That's really good. Um, That's really I, good too. <laughs> I have Julia uh, to give a little mm -hmm. preview. I believe we, we, Jess, you and I may be watching it soon. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll see. Uh, I don't. Uh, I would like to get back into the Gilded Age. I do feel like you're saying like, oh, it's such fun mess. I feel like uh, is it Marie Kondo? Is that who's like I love mess? Is yeah, that, is that I love that gif. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like that could be fun. Uh, I also so shout out to Insecure. I want to watch that as well. I just I haven't gotten around to it, but I know people say that's so 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 good. Just the one I, I you said you have watched a little bit of it. Uh, I need to to watch it is uh, is Industry because I feel like it's like uh, been billed as sort of like almost Gen Z millennial succession. It's very um, billions succession vibes, but a, certainly yes, a younger age demographic. Um, the one thing I will say, just like in case this is something that bothers people, I know I struggled with it a few years back. Um, season two is like the big COVID plot line, so mm -hmm. that's why I fell off, not because the show was wasn't as good in quality i like wasn't mentally there yet uh, but i am going to go back to it so season one was excellent season two i just couldn't uh get into at the time uh i have one jason i've never done uh despite being a big sports fan have you ever hard knocked oh yeah 100 yeah. uh yeah, love hard knocks watch the jets watch the <laughs> and it's oh, man it's such dark Were the jets this year yeah it was just oh, it was such, so it was such dark time. comedy to watch yeah the jets hype over aaron Rodgers, yeah. and then the very yeah. like first minute of the of the, oh, season, yeah. coming, of the season opening injured, right? of him of him you like you know tearing his achilles just a dark comedy of that is so insane yeah. and there is actually hard knocks going on right now um uh, with the yeah. miami dolphins in season um so that's also pretty fascinating yeah. as well and you know again forgot it was hbo so I'm like, <laughs> that's yeah, another yeah, good yeah. show I can, I can I recommend because I'm also watching that at the moment uh, with our, with the in-season Hard Knocks. Here's one I'm trying to catch up on. I've only watched about, uh, I think, like the first three seasons, uh, but uh, HBO has all the Sesame Street catalog. It's a great binge. <laughs> I'm a streeter. I watch I watch every new episode of the street. <laughs> I'm a 
I know. Here. I'm a streeter. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag, I'm a streeter. We haven't been doing these a while. Uh, I think Jen and I had sort of been doing this. Where, uh, Elmo is, gang, baby. Elmo yeah. gang. That's what we Throwback. Do. Throwback to the old RJP days where if you stayed to the end of the pod, oh. the hashtag, if you want to hashtag, I'm a streeter, hashtag Elmo gang. So please. <laughs> oh, yeah. please. That's my little furry bro right there. <laughs> Maybe don't hashtag furry bro. I think you're making a totally different subset of tweets. So, um, all right. Any other any other superlatives we want to give? I mean, best Sesame Street character. I mean, oh, well, it's good. Uh, I, mean, I can go on for days. Morris. I can go I mean, on for days. Know. I just so relate to who's the one in the trash can? Oscar. <laughs> I relate to I relate to Cookie Monster. I can give you that much. I, I'm a I'm a Cookie Monster guy for sure. I think I think I think I like to imagine I'm an Ernie, but I'm absolutely a Bert. Just being yeah, you're a Bert. Come on, like, please. Can we go back a few minutes so I can give the joke I've been thinking about? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that's our HBO uh, year in review. I think HBO had the most unique network year uh, of all. I would have said last year. Okay, here's here's one last thing before we go. And then we have to wrap up pretty quick, which is I think that like last year, Apple TV, like with Severance comes out and is like, yeah, you're right here. Although last year, I guess you have House of the Dragon and you have the White Lotus. But, you know, Apple TV puts up at least a good fight to be like, actually, hey, I'm Top Dog. Who is HBO at the moment? Are they the Top Dog streaming service? Is it still? I, I feel like it's really hard, not streaming service or like whatever. I mean, clearly yeah. from streaming, streaming network, if you want to I say. I still think yeah. HBO reigns supreme. I feel like Apple, while they've had amazing things, obviously like Ted Lasso, like your Severances. I don't think consistently they're as good as HBO usually is. I just think the, the like I said, slam Duncan, you know, uh, <laughs> if you're watching the YouTube video, I'm trying to do things with my hands. Uh, HBO is slam Duncan and, and uh, Apple TV is just hitting occasional three pointers. Apple TV is a low key. If if HBO is very niche for some people, Apple TV must be even a smaller niche because I, I think there are a lot of critically acclaimed shows on there that nobody watches uh, is what I think of Apple TV. I think Hulu has really fallen off in a way because I used to come to Hulu for a lot of really good shows like, you know, Atlanta, yeah. um, Dave, things like that. But I can't really even right now in my head think of really great Hulu shows on right now. But I think HBO is just the most consistent streaming network out there right now. Yeah. It's hard for me to know what is Hulu programming because we don't have Hulu in Canada. So everything ends up on a lot of Hulu stuff ends up on Disney plus in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, just wanted to, yeah. Who has the title bell? I, I think it probably is HBO, but I think you could make an argument for, I, it's hard to not beat the, the, the amount of stuff that Netflix puts out, but I don't know if they had a hit like a super, super no doubt hit this last year. Stranger things wasn't this year. So I don't think so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps us up. Uh, before we close out, make sure you fill out the survey, pushrecups.com slash survey 2023, and we'll see what comes out on top at the end of the year. Um, Jess, in the meantime, what else uh, are you up to? Where can people find you? Uh, Grace and I are doing full spoiler recaps. It's been a ton of fun. We just did Fellow Travelers. I urge people to check that show yeah. out. It was absolutely incredible. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then you can hear me on the Succession 2023 in review because if I mean, like who... I would have been so bad. I couldn't have not talked about Succession again at some point in this year. Uh, and then beyond that, you could check me over on Shit 90 Shows Taught Me where we are covering Felicity. Uh, we're doing some holiday content. And we have a fun little announcement for the start of 2024. So go check out. Um, mm. we're, we're dropping a, a Jack Frost. Well, you already dropped Jack Frost. We're dropping 
uh i'll be home for christmas the uh the jtt movie from yeah. the 90s. i was about to so, say is that the jtt banger it is jtt yeah. uh so go check that out and uh yeah you can find me at the just sterling on twitter what about you jason uh, on Twitter, you can find me at jayr1085. As far as podcasts, I'll start uh, here at home on Poster Recaps. Uh, you can find uh, we, me and Marissa Garza just wrapped up Gilded Age. It was quite a season, quite a finale. A lot of things happened. Money was gained, money was lost. Uh, come check us out there to talk to go through it all. Also, find me here on Poster Recaps pretty soon talking about uh, the year in superhero television and movies in our year end special. Uh, then you can find me on the Rob Has a Podcast Network talking about the show uh, Married at First Sight with uh, my co-host Asia Welch as we talk about that on our podcast The Perfect Match. Also coming up, I am on a episode of 90 Day Fiance with Puya as we break down the most recent episode of 90 Day Fiance, both shows that Jessica Sterling hates. I love them both. I just watch <laughs> them because I want to feel better about She myself. wants to watch the dregs of humanity like with the exactly. rest of us. <laughs> yes. All right, I'm chatting Fargo, The Crown, The Curse, Yellowstone on season three in January. Movies each week with Ariel and as just said, full spoiler recaps. Um, that'll do it for us chatting about HBO in 2023. Make sure you subscribe to the 2023 and review podcast series at pushrecaps.com. So 2023 review. As we look back to TV uh, in 2023, continue all month long. Until next time, bye-bye. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.